It's all right having all these people up here, but they don't have to take up space, don't they? Moving their stuff around. Don't upset them. Don't upset the team. <laughs> Morning. So we've... Um, we're just sort of taking a, a meander through Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Um, this is a uh, six-chapter adventure, um, one of uh, Paul's amazing letters. And uh, we find ourselves today in uh, Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 8 to 10. And, and I... I had all sorts of ideas about um, this week, about unpacking what I was going to unpack. We'll, we'll see how it comes along. We'll, see how, we'll just keep an eye on the clock and we'll see how we get um, and where we get to. You remember that Ephesus is in where we go on holiday in Turkey. Now it's just over there and uh, you've got the Mediterranean at the bottom there. But there's, there's Ephesus and, uh, and it was... A significant place for the Apostle Paul to uh, just set aside, and this is what he did, he, he decided to set aside uh, time to write, to focus specifically on who you are in Christ Jesus. This is sort of encapsulating the whole letter. Just so that you know who you are. There's a little bit that tells you a bit about what you were. There's loads in here that tells you about what has changed. And there's an amazing story in here that tells us about who we are becoming as we grow in Christ. So the letter to the Ephesians actually is often summarized um, by theologians as the maturity text. This is about growing up. We're moving on from uh, baby food and we're getting into the stuff you've got to chew and you're going to grow into someone significant. And that significant uh, desire that Paul has for his listeners is that you will become Christ in everything that you do. And those wonderful words that we've just been singing, we're talking about the mighty, powerful Name of Jesus. Here, let, I'll let you into a secret. The world around us uses his name more than we do. I'm going to say that again. The world around us uses his name more than we do. When was the last time that you said Jesus? Well done, Graham. Good on you. <laughs> but more often than not, we don't say his name. We don't bring him into our conversation. We recognize that we are part of his glorious family. Many of us have made a commitment to Jesus Christ to be his followers. And yet we struggle to say his name. I won't bring it up in conversation. I don't want to offend anyone because it's an offensive name for so many people. 
And the last thing you want to do is find yourself uh, in any way tarnished with that um, comment that you're, a, you know, a bit of a holy Joe or you're a bit of a religious freak or... Next thing you'll be wearing tank tops and sandals and with socks. And that's the fear. So what we do is we decrease the name of Jesus rather than increase the name of Jesus. We minimize rather than expound and get excited. Another one of, of Paul's letters, and I was just looking at these words in the book of Philippians, chapter 2. And as I was looking at these when we were singing the song, it says, Therefore God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. 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 That's two. Amens. Thanks, James, for putting that up there for us. Therefore God exalted him to highest place, gave him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus. It's, it's the name of Jesus. When you find yourself at a loss in what to pray, and when you're sitting still and you've got some situation coming at you and you're seeking discernment and enlightenment and wisdom, all you have to do is say, Jesus. When that relationship situation is feeling somehow strained and at breaking point. When things are happening in your work circumstances or even in your family circumstances. When things are getting strained and pulled and there's about to burst. Then what you do is you take it all and you say, Jesus. I... I I love this, and uh, James, if you put up our, our slides again, we were um, hosting for a short while um, Carol's uh, brother, both her brothers are younger, but the middle, the older of the two, Jeff, was over from New Zealand, and whilst he was over here, we had a great time, it was fantastic, I'm just going to flick through these slides and show you a, a post, this is the post from... Um, from Instagram and Carol put up on Instagram uh, some photographs of, of, of a brother over with us doing things with him which was great and then she says it's just been good having my brother uh, Jeff back in the UK uh, for a flying visit have loved hanging out with him and having long and I, I didn't expound that so I, I don't know what having long what's long I don't know conversations and lots of laughs rather than long evenings drinking at the bar or anything like that but I love this is what I love about Jeff because Jeff writes back and he says uh, I think short visits are the best visits you're not long enough for you to get sick of each other <laughs> and I don't know if it's the same for you as it's the same for us is families are a challenge Relationships are a challenge. But in the midst of those challenges, we can say, Jesus, I, I, I need you, Jesus. There, so many times in wedding ceremonies, we go to that uh, verse, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, that talks about uh, a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. So you need the husband, you need the wife, and you need Jesus 
to make it work. We're celebrating 30 years this year. Yes. 30 years married. Carol has put up with me for 30 years. So, uh, yeah, so our, our, our presence. And there's, I mean, there's people here who are celebrating phenomenal uh, wedding anniversaries. Joe and Darshan, how long have you been married? 50 years. Absolutely phenomenal. And I know that David and Anne Fish, I think they are celebrating a significant one this year. They may be watching online for us, but I think theirs is, anybody know what? 60. 60 years. David and Anne Fish. Congratulations, David and Anne. Bless you. 60 years. Anybody, um, can I just say, is anybody doing better than that? David and Geraldine did, they did, what did they do? Did they do 60? They just done 60. Yeah. Wow. And we've got new people who are married as well. Holly's here, aren't you? And Chris. And how long are you going for? One. One year. <laughs> Yay. Go for it. <laughs> One year. Do you remember? No, let's not go. Go. There. Yeah. The name Jesus. Bringing the name of Jesus in. He is the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord. And I just want to encourage you. This has nothing to do with what I was going to talk about this morning. But I just wanted to encourage you to start to use the name of Jesus. Allow Jesus to start to impact and transform circumstances and situations around you. It's when you're going to that meeting and you find yourself in the lift and you're going up and you'll just say, Jesus. Not a long prayer, and I think I love short prayers. I've come to realize there's power in short prayers. Here's a really short prayer. Jesus. Use the name of Jesus. He is mighty. He is powerful. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. That's what I love about him. That omniscience, the all-knowing God that we serve. Bring Jesus. And when we say the name Jesus, we're acknowledging that we are not lone rangers, that we are not independent, we are interdependent. We need him. You see, this is what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Ephesus, in, Ephes in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. It says this, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not by works that nobody can boast. For we are God's work, handiwork or workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's all about Jesus. Just to say, it's all about Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Absolutely, 100%. Everybody needs Jesus. I didn't think I needed Jesus. I thought I was doing fine without Jesus in my life. I'd managed to ma somehow get through 23 years of my life without any of that religious mumbo-jumbo. I'd managed to stay clear of those holy Joes, those people who come across, think that they've got it all sorted. And then I had an encounter, and that encounter was with Jesus. 
And then when I have an encounter with Jesus back in June of 1989, I realize that I need him. I thought everything was fine. But you see, what happens is that the God-shaped hole in each and every one of God's amazing creations, that's you and me, can only be satisfied when it's filled with him. That's the truth. It can only be satisfied when it is filled with him. Now, we may fill that with entertainment. We might fill that with family commitments. We might fill that with uh, uh, pursuing financial gain. We might fill that with the acquiring of stuff. And as one who has done more funerals than I can remember, the standard size of a box that a body is in is pretty much the same for all of us. We bring nothing into this world, we take nothing out. And therefore, it's really important that the time between coming into this world and going out of this world, we don't fill our life with accumulation of stuff, but we fill our lives with him. Allowing him to lead us and guide us. Allowing him to oversee our choices and our direction. Allowing him to be the one who oversees our relationships, even those challenging relationships. We don't have to be perfect. Paul says very clearly in this verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved. It's by grace that you have been saved. And that whole understanding of what is grace, grace um, can be termed as unmerited favor. Grace is God giving to each and every one of us what we do not deserve. Grace is the recognition that I have nothing. He has everything. And he gives his everything to me, even though I don't deserve it. You know, it is by grace that you have been saved. You might have thought thought to yourself sometimes, I don't know whether it's just me who thought this. Wow, God, you've got a good one in me. You've done well saving me. Man, you've got quality. I've seen some of the other followers of yours and they ain't that great. But now you've got me. Does anybody else feel like that? Oh, maybe it was just me then. Okay. But that's the way that we can never feel. Because we have nothing to bring. We have absolutely nothing to bring. It is by grace... And that's the call to each and every one of us. When when you feel that you are absolutely worthless, God says you're worth dying for, so you're not worthless. But when you feel worthless, God says you're worth everything. When you feel distant and alone, God says, I will draw near and bring you comfort When we're in that place of not understanding where we're going to go, what we're going to do, he's the one who brings wisdom. 
His grace just pours into us moment by moment by moment. And he says, you're worth it. And I don't feel worth it, but he says, we're worth it. The call to each and every person to follow Christ. The call to each and every person to recognize that where they're going without Jesus is to a place of destruction and damnation. And once that recognition is there, you turn around and you say, I'm not going to go that way, I'm going to go this way. And the way I'm going to go is to a place of blessing, a place of inheritance of that which I certainly don't deserve. It's a difference. I don't know if you ever heard these words before. That God is good. The devil is evil. God is good. The devil is evil. And the one who is evil, his desire is to derail everybody so that they would not go to a good place, but would go to an evil place. I, I, heaven and hell stuff is not talked about very much. But I certainly do believe, I don't know if anybody else here, I do believe that there is a heaven. I do believe that there is an eternity in the presence of our creator. I do believe that there is, as the book of Revelation says very clearly, a, a, a coming together in the presence of our Savior and bringing him the praise and the glory and the honor that he so rightly deserves. But there's also, in contrast to that, a place where those who have not called Jesus their Lord and Savior will spend eternity, which is an eternity separated from their creator. But the thing that I find absolutely mind-blowing is the road to an eternity separated from God. It's not a road that we have to take. We have been given an option. And when Jesus died upon the cross 2,000 years ago, he said there is now a new road, and it's this road. Come, travel this road. And that's the invitation to each and every one of us, that we will travel the road into a relationship with a God who loves us, Who's God, whose desire is to be intimate with us, to a God who says, my grace is sufficient for you. This verse here, verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 2, it says, by grace you have been saved. That word saved, the root word in that word saved is the word um, sozo. Sozo. And, and when you read sozo, so if you get to a, a lexicon of the Bible, and a lexicon of the Bible puts the original language and then the uh, English transliteration underneath, and you can find words. So if you go to this verse in a lexicon, you'll find if you double-click on the word saved, it will come back to a, a reference of the word sozo. And then you can follow through and look at all the times the word sozo is used. And the word sozo that is translated here as saved, which means that you've been taken out of uh, your dis destiny being um, distant and separated from God. You've been saved from that. You've been cast from that. You've been taken out of that. And you've been placed into uh, an eternity in the presence of God with your Savior Jesus. 
So you were heading for death and damnation. Now you have been saved to the place of honor and glory. Um, Just phenomenal. So there's this eternal shift that happens the moment that we give our lives to Christ. That we're no longer there. We are over here. We have been saved. And salvation, which is a journey that we all travel on and you don't... You're not there sorted. There's this sanctification. Oh, some big words today. Sanctification that happens as we journey with God. But we are saved. Our eternal uh, inhabitation has been set aside. Jesus even talked about preparing mansions. Can I have a mansion? Struggle at the moment, just cleaning a four-bedroomed house. But mansions... But the thing word is saved doesn't only just mean saved because the word sozo is also used for healed. This is the fullness of what God has done by his grace. Not only saved us for eternity, no longer are we going to hell, but we have a place set aside for us in heaven. But he also says that you are sozo, you are saved, you are healed. And this is an area of um, our Christian experience that we really need to press in on. The Bible talks again and again and again of the fact that our God is a healing God. It talks again in scripture again and again and again of of Jesus being the one who only did what his father told him to do. That's what it says in John 5.19. He only did what his father told him to do. And if he only did what his father told him to do, his father was telling him to heal the sick. Because so many encounters with Jesus were about healing. So if that's God's will, if that was his desire for his son, and Jesus says that I'm releasing you to do the same, even greater things, he says, that we're going to do, we need to pursue healing. Nobody's got it sorted, except for Jesus. And in recent weeks in our Alpha group, as I shared last week, we've been pressing in and praying for healing. These times, when we gather like this, these are times we should be pressing in for healing because sozo is healing it's not only saved for eternity it's healed as well and it's by grace God heals it's not because we're good enough it's just that that's what he does because he is a gracious God so eternity sorted healing has got to be explored. But he also talks about the fact that a sozo is used for um, those times when you need to be set free from a demon. Now you can look at one another and say, have I got a demon? Do you know some people have got demons? Demons weren't a first century thing. The demonic, the influence of the enemy is rife it was during my uh, experimental time of uh, stepping into some of the truths that I've read in the Bible that I had an encounter with a demon and I'm spending time uh, with a ministry called LL Ministries and uh, I'm going out to one of their teaching centers and I'm witnessing Something of the manifestation of the demonic over people's lives. 
you so often find ourselves pushing, um, well, it's hard to get hold of a doctor these days, isn't it? But, you know, we're pushing on the doors of the health centre rather than coming to the feet of Jesus. There are some situations and circumstances that people are dealing with which I wholeheartedly believe are demonic and people need to be delivered and set free. And how do you set somebody free from a demon? You set them free with the name of Jesus. You see, for me, when somebody swears Jesus Christ or somebody blasphemes in a just an off-the-cuff sort of way and uses the name of Jesus... What I come to realize is they have no idea of the power of Jesus. You see, when I first took Joshua out with me to Africa, and we were doing a, a, a mission, and in this mission we did a crusade in the evening, and people were coming forward, and there was a lady who came forward, and I remember her absolutely clearly, and this demon had so got hold of her, she was dumb. She could not speak and hadn't spoken. And when we were preaching the word, she just stood at the front of this group. And I could see her now. She's just, just stood there like a pillar, not speaking. When it came to ministry time, we offered the opportunity for people to get prayed. <laughs> My Josh, and I don't know how old he was, 14, something like that. He got given this lady. They said, I'll go and pray for her. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my word. But the beautiful thing is that Pastor Robert, from, uh, who we come to know and love from Uganda, was down there with him. And, uh, and Josh laid a hand on this woman and was praying for her. And, and there didn't seem to be anything happening. And then I can remember Pastor Robert coming around and just saying, speak the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. We break this stronghold in the name of Jesus. We exalt Jesus over your life. Every controlling spirit that is in you, I break that off in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak freedom, for it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. And I can hear these words being spoken. There's Robert saying it, and then there is uh, Josh, he is now starting to speak it out and this woman and her eyes started to open and tears started to come down her face and her hands started to lift up and she started to speak. And I, for me, I'm just thinking to myself, what a beautiful name is the name of Jesus. But you see, the denomic, denomic or even the demonic... <laughs> work of the enemy isn't only in Mitiana in Uganda, it is right here in Brighton Hill in Basingstoke. So let's stand against the enemy. Let's break off his influence. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And Sozo is about sorting out your eternity, that your eternal destination is in the presence of your creator. Sozo is about bringing the fullness of healing. When the Bible says in Psalm 103, he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, we have no problem with him forgiving our sins. Well, let's push in for those diseases to be healed. So there's eternity sorted. There's health and wholeness sorted. There's freedom and release from the demonic. You're set free. And the one word that I find more often than not people struggle with when it comes to sozo is the word of prosperity. Because I believe that God wants to bless his people. 
For it is being by grace you have been saved. Eternity sorted. It's by grace you have been saved. There's healing and wholeness. It's by grace you have been saved. Set free from the oppression of the demonic. And by grace you have been saved. You have been released to prosper. And you see the good news of the prosperity gospel... I believe, is that God says, everything that I have is yours. Does that mean I'm going to drive around in a Rolls Royce? Well, now I've got a caravan. I've got no room on my driveway for a Rolls Royce. No, it doesn't mean you can drive around. You see, you don't need to have a lot to have a lot. And one thing that we've come to realize is that even if we have a little in the world scheme of things we're millionaires do you have a roof over your head millions don't do you get more than one meal a day millions don't do you have clothing and a choice of clothing millions don't But the key thing, I believe, on the sozo of prosperity is that that is linked in with the spirit of generosity that God places into the heart of each and every one of his children that we recognize it's not mine, it's yours, Lord. And therefore, it's my privilege and honor to release. I want to release. I want to release. For grace, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's about me trusting God. It's about you trusting God. And in a few moments' time, Lauren's going to just come and share with us a little bit of her journey of how she'd come to trust in God. And to the points in her life that she says, God, I want to do what you have called me to do, which is to go through the waters of, of baptism. But everything that she is about and everything that she is sharing and everything that you'll see of her in a few moments in that water is God's grace at work. And that grace is at work in your life too. So some things to remember. The power of the name of Jesus. Let's start using his name and start to see his power released. recognize that we're saved by grace and you know the four understandings interpretations of the word sozo which area of being saved do you now need to push into if you've got your eternity sorted if you know that you are a child of the king then move on Are you pressing in for healing? Has God anointed you with the gift of healing? That's one of Paul's gifts that he talks about. These are gifts that God gives to me. Are you a catalyst for God's healing to come to somebody else? We can train you for that. If you've no idea how to do it, we can train you for that. All you've got to do is say, do you know what, I want to press into that. And if you're somebody who's wanted to receive the healing then allow people to pray the name of Jesus over you and when you see the devil at work don't shun it off as just saying mental issue stress anxiety there's so many 
titles that are placed, I believe, on the out-and-out evil work of the enemy over people's lives. Let's say it for what it is. And let's bring the name of Jesus in to break that stronghold. And for you, may you know God's continued prosperity and blessing. He wants you to receive more from him because he trusts you to release more from him. My life is a testimony. Once upon a time, you see, once upon a time, I was afraid. I was afraid of being a disappointment of a Christian. I was afraid of the responsibility that came with being a believer. I was afraid of believing in this all so powerful, all-knowing God. Still, my life is a testimony. Lord, I will trust you. Still, words I stand by still. Through the valley of the shadows of death, my feet stand not still. Today, today I accept his grace and the fact that I won this race. Lord, I seek to see your face as I stand here and testify of your embrace. In the face of fear, I called your name and Lord, you came. Covered in the flames of your glory, I made it out of that dark tunnel. Mistake after mistake, still today he washed me clean. You see, no matter what we do, the Father still opens his arms for us. As we stray away, as we stray away, he prepares a table and awaits our return for his love never gives up. My life is a testimony of how his grace never gave up on me. My life is a testimony of how his blood cleansed me, and I am still here. Amen.
go down. Go down, otherwise you'll be in the way. What are you doing? Okay. Um, if anybody's got a phone, take some pictures, because um, my photographer's gone off to play American football, so he's not here. So if anybody can take a few to send them to me, that would be really brilliant. It's great you do. Okay. Do you want to come and take a step forward? Okay. I'll do you. Okay. Thank you for your awesome testimony. Thank you. This is an absolute honour for us this morning to baptise you. So I'm going to ask you some questions, then I'm going to put the microphone down, and then it's going to happen. Is that okay? Lauren, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? I do. Lauren, do you turn from sin, renounce evil, and intend to follow Christ? Lauren, will you seek to live within the fellowship of his church and to serve him in the world? With the Lord's help, I will. Having heard your repentance and your faith, it is our honour and our joy to baptise you, Lauren, our sister, in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. so often is that, that God's people recognize when somebody makes a commitment, somebody uh, desires to follow through in uh, being baptized, they're honoring what God is um, speaking over them. And others come along and say, do you know what? Um, I want to do that. 
I want to be baptized. I just want to say to you today that if you've not been baptized, we absolutely, as Baptists, love getting this pool full of water. And one of the privileges that we have is that we can help you walk close in your uh, commitment to Christ by doing exactly what he says. So when he says, believe, we've got that. Be baptized. You need to do that. And it doesn't matter when, in a sense, that you come to us. Um, You don't have to say, oh, they had the water open last week. I can't ask now. You can. Just come. We we just love uh, filling this tank and uh, seeing you. Uh, fulfill the call over your life. But there are others who also find that when uh, they start to hear afresh the love of God towards them and they think of their time when they were baptised and they may have uh, just felt a little bit distanced from God. God never leaves us or forsakes us. But sometimes we want to make a, a, a recommitment. And I don't know where you are today in your walk with Jesus. But if you want to have that fresh start, you recognise, yeah, you got it sorted, my eternity, I know that I've been saved by grace and I am heading to heaven. But there's some work to work through with regard to, I mean, just picking up those things today, with regard to stepping out in healing, stepping out in standing against the enemy and his schemes to uh, always to rob, to kill and to destroy. If there's some stepping out into releasing the generosity that God has towards you and walking as a disciple, maybe today is a time where you would like to recommit yourself to Jesus. And I think that having baptism water here is a brilliant thing to do. So if there's anyone here today that would like to recommit their life to Christ, you've gave your life to Christ, you've been through the waters of baptism, but you want to say, Lord, no, we're going to start afresh today then I'm just going to invite you to come and you can stand on the third step down. You're not coming all the way in because I'm not baptising again because I don't think that's theologically allowed. Um, I I think I might have signed something within the Baptist Union to say I'm not allowed to do that. I don't know for sure, but there's probably there's something there. So we don't re-baptise people, but I'd love to give people the opportunity to just recommit. And there's nothing better than just take your shoes and socks off, roll up your trousers, Come and stand in some water. Um, if somebody could go upstairs and grab um, a few towels out of this, I think there's some tea towels and stuff upstairs in the the cupboard, um, the cleaning. It's in the cleaning cupboard. What a beautiful place! It's just in case that anybody wants to come, and then we can put some uh, some towels out so you don't get everything soaking wet. So if that's you today, that you would just like to come and stand and say, Jesus. I want to start afresh with you as number one in my life, then come and join me. Come and join me. You're very, very welcome. I'm going to go deeper so that you can have the third step. I'm up to my waist.
Come on, praise God. Bless you, Evelyn. Brilliant. Brilliant. Would you like to say anything? No, not really. I've, um, I've baptized here many years ago. I think it was... Um, 1999, between 1999 and 2003, I couldn't remember anymore, but with uh, Pastor Trevor then. So I just um, want to fresh up, really, as I spoke to you earlier. Yes. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I'm going to come up onto the fourth step. Okay. Now, you stay there. You're perfect there. That's brilliant. You're not going to get wet, so you're fine. You don't have to take anything else off. That's fine. You're fine. I'm just going to pray for you as you're standing in the water. Father, I want to bless you for Evelyn. I want to thank you, Lord, for your call upon her life. I want to thank you, Lord, that uh, that call was so clear that she went through the waters of baptism uh, so many years ago. But I thank you, Lord, that your call to each and every one of us is fresh every day. So we want to bless you, Lord, that we can renew our commitment. You renew your commitment to us daily. And I sense it day by day, your amazing love for us. And we have this opportunity. We can recommit ourselves to you. And I want to thank you, Father, for Evelyn. I want to thank you for speaking into her life. I want to thank you for filling her afresh with your Holy Spirit. I want to thank you, Lord, for this, just taking this opportunity today to stand in the waters of baptism and say once again, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. So, Father, as a church, we stand with Evelyn and we say, would you fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit? And this uh, amazing mark of commitment that she's making today, would you continue to lead her and to guide her? Would you empower her as she's on night shift after night shift? May she know the peace and the presence of Jesus, enabling her, empowering her with the work that she does day by day. As a wife and as a mum, I just pray as well that you would give her grace for every situation that she faces. And we ask afresh, Lord, for that cleansing of the Holy Spirit, filling from the top of her head to the tip of her toes. May she have Jesus in the centre. And would you, Lord, just continue to fulfil your promises over her. Lead her and guide her. Bless her, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. On this day of recommitment, Lord, I just want to pray that you would speak so clearly to Evelyn that she would know that she is indeed the daughter of the living God, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Thank you. That's great. Cool. Still loads of water here. It's great, isn't it? It's not too deep. It's not too deep. No, you're right. It's not too deep. But it's uh, it's not far enough to have a good swim, to be honest. You need a bit more water. Come on. Come on in the water, mate. This is 
Israel? You're Israel? When did you get baptized? 2019. Come down another step. Oh, actually, yeah. You might want to pull that a bit more. Uh, church, stand up. I want you to put your hands towards Israel. Let's uh, pray together. Let's pray together. Come on. Heavenly Father, we just want to bless you for Israel. We want to thank you for your call over his life. And the many dirty roads that he has walked as we all find ourselves walking. I want to thank you that today your promise is for cleansing and restoration and renewal. I want to thank you, Lord, for Israel, that you have called him out, that you have set him aside, that you have anointed him and gifted him to do mighty things in your precious, glorious, powerful name. We cut him off today from all those influences that have uh, in any way uh, silenced the voice of Jesus over the decisions that he's making and the actions and the attitudes and everything that goes on in the world. And we lift him up before you in our prayers today. And we say, Lord, exalt our brother. May Jesus be seen in him and on him. May Holy Spirit power so flow through him. He becomes a force to be reckoned with as he lives out his Christian faith before the world. Father, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your restoration. We thank you for your renewal and your cleansing. And we pray, Father, for our brother this morning, that as he walks out of this water, he walks out recognising that you're walking with him on an adventure that will absolutely blow his mind. Would you give opportunity to him that he's never had before? Would you open doors, Lord, that have been closed in the past? Would you so anoint him, Lord? that he can't hold on to everything that you've given him, that he is aware, Lord, of gifts and abilities that he is to share with the world around. Father God, we thank you for Israel. We just ask, Father, that you will pour out your spirit upon him in the mighty name of Jesus. Satan, you have lost. Jesus, you have won. We exalt you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in Israel's life. And we pray, Father, for his family. And we pray, Father, as you wrap your loving and amazing, everlasting arms around them, that you would keep them strong and close to you. For you, Lord, are being glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, brother. Come on. Bless you. Cool. If you get back down again, then I can see if there's anybody else. Yeah, you just help yourself, mate. We just give them away. Just to make it very clear that uh, our joy is to help people walk daily in a deeper, closer relationship with Jesus. And if... Uh, the waters of baptism is something that you have yet to uh, experience then listen to the voice of Jesus respond to him and uh, it will be our joy